0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi Today we are here with the final two surahs of the Qur'an And at the end of this blessed journey Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas Allah says أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الفلاق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر نفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إِلَاهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ In these two beautiful surahs of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He tells us and He teaches the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and by consequence all of us who read the surah to seek protection from him so the first thing before we delve into the meanings of Surah al-falaq to start with there are three virtues of this surah there are three important things to know about this surah the first is that these two surahs al-falaq and an-nas are the best ways to get allah's protection from anything evil anything we fear anything that's scary anything that's wrong for allah to protect us from anything that we're scared of or that that's wrong or evil the best way to seek his protection or to ask him to protect us is by reading these two surahs. And that's why they are called Al Mu'awwidhatayn, the two protectors um, of the two things you seek protection with. The Prophet ﷺ, these two surahs, when they were revealed in one go to him, he said in a hadith, when he spoke to his wife Aisha, عنها, Don't you see that some verses have been revealed tonight? i.e Surat Al-Falaq and nas and there's been nothing like them revealed before. Meaning even in previous scriptures, in the Torah, the Injil, the Bible, the previous gospels that Allah revealed, there's never been two surahs like, quite like these two surahs in how, um, you know, how Allah will protect you based on your reciting them. So the, the, they're really special in this regard specifically in the, in, as a protective measure, that's the first. The second thing is, the Prophet ﷺ, his practice was that every night before he would sleep, he would recite three quls he would blow them on his hands and then he would wipe his body starting with his head and down to his down to his legs um, and he would do this to protect himself just before sleeping this hadith is in Sahih Bukhari and lastly the hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim is that when the Prophet would fall ill or he would feel some illness or anybody in his family would feel ill what he would do is he would recite قُلْ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ he would blow on his hands and he would wipe or blow on, on, on the part of the body that was, that was not feeling well. So these three uh, is the Prophet's practice and his kind of lived embodiment of this surah. Now jumping into the meanings of suratul falaq Allah first says, I seek Allah's protection. I seek protection from the Lord of Al-Falaq, from the master, the creator, the owner, the originator of Al-Falaq, which means the morning. Um, what do you seek protection, what do you need Allah's protection from? Min sharri ma I ask Allah's protection from the evil of what He's created meaning from specifically all of Allah's creations they are part of Allah's creations whether it's beings or events or, or times which are, you know, they have in them some form of evil and this is part of Allah's creation to test us so we seek Allah's protection from those creation, created beings now once Allah says this, He asks us to seek His protection from generally all evil, Allah then specifies three specific forms of evil. First, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min ma khalaq wa min idha waqab. which means, and I seek refuge in you, Allah, from the darkness of the night or from the night when it becomes darkened. And so this this kind of the night time being the time in which evil generally seems to spread the people that want to do the wrong things do them under the cover of darkness all sorts of animals and and kind of creatures tend to come out in the darkness and so this darkness is a a possible time for, for evil spreading so we ask Allah to protect us from what happens in the dark وَمِنْ ثَاتِ فِي and I ask Allah's protection from the blowers in knots and this is referring to um, you know, people who are involved in kind of uh, pseudo-sorcery some kind of magic or sorcery where they have to blow in knots and do these kind of things we ask Allah's protection from them as well وَمِنْ إِذَا حَسَدٍ and we seek Allah's protection from an envious person when they are envious when they kind of become filled with envy and why is it that so this surah we first ask allah to protect us from general evil and then we ask allah to protect us from night time so a time where evil could take place and then people involved in dubious and kind of strange things like magician and sorcery and then lastly we ask allah to protect us from hasad one thing to note out of the three of these is that these are three evils which are not visible the things that happen in the night happen in darkness the kind of sorcery and kind of magician and sorcery and pseudo-sorcery and this kind of stuff that happens this is something that's not visible to man not visible to the human eye and lastly hasad envy and its effects that's something that we don't tangibly see we can't touch or see or feel or smell or lick someone's envy that's a feeling someone has in the heart and so we ask Allah to protect us from these things that we can't really see we can't really protect ourselves from if Allah does not protect us from and that's the wisdom that's the thing that links these three different things is that we can't see them they invisible so what is hasad that's the last thing allah tells us to seek protection from min shari idha hasad al hasad is uh, إلى, uh, إلى it's, it's to dislike that a blessing has gone to someone that someone's had such uh, some some specific blessing so to dislike that that person got a phone or that that, that person got that certificate or that, that person has that car to dislike why do they have that that is the beginnings of hasad and a worse form or a worse stage a more severe version of hasad of envy is when we want that thing to be taken away from them a to desire that they don't have that anymore that's the kind of the next level of hasad now what's wrong with hasad you know it's said that hasad is the first sin that was ever committed when allah created adam the prophet adam alayhi salam. the first comment when he told iblis to when he told Iblis to make sujood to prostrate in front of Adam, he says "Ana خير minhu. I'm better than Adam. Min narin wa min you created me from fire, you created him from clay. He is a lesser being. I can't put my head down or be humble in front of him. So that was the first sin. And even the second sin was due to hasad, due to envy. When Adam, the Prophet Adam salam, was sent to earth and he had children. From his children were two men, Habil and Qabil. Allah mentions in the Quran, it's a long story where one brother murders the other. And why? Due to jealousy, due to envy. Why does he have this blessing and not me? Why did Allah give it to them and not to me? And so this is the significance of envy. It's the first, kind of the first set of the first sin that took place and the second sin that took place. What's wrong with hasad? The first thing that's wrong with hasad is that it's whoever someone who has who possesses that envy that feeling they become sinful it's haram it's forbidden to have such feelings towards one another and it's unfortunately the world we live in in which we're constantly bombarded by that person's blessing the dessert that that person had that person's newsfeed that person's branded clothing we're constantly bombarded with what others have and so we are never satisfied with what we have and we look at them and we think why do they have this we start to feel a little bit of a negative creeping in our hearts And this is the beginnings of hasad. And this is the society that encourages this kind of envy, this kind of competitive jealousy almost of one another. So the first issue with hasad is that it's sinful. It, It makes you sinful. It's haram, it's forbidden. The second one is that it's a form of bad adab with Allah, bad kind of treatment and expectations of Allah. Because what is the root cause of hasad? Why do we envy others? If you dig deep into it, you find out that the reason I don't want that person to have that blessing or I wanted to be taken away from them, in reality, I'm not happy with how Allah has divided things between His creation. Allah has divided wealth between us differently, some are rich, some are poor. Allah has di- divided beauty between us differently, some are handsome, some are less so. Allah has divided a strength between us differently, etc. Et Allah has divided His, His, His provision and His kingdom, His qualities, wealth, between people. In a way, He's decided to divide it. And so me not wanting that person to have that blessing, or me being unhappy with what he's been given, is really a form of me being unhappy with Allah's decree, with Allah's distribution of wealth and qualities and strength and beauty, etc. And so my issue is not with that person or that blessing. My issue really is with Allah So it's a form of bad adab, bad etiquette with Allah. The third problem with hasad is that a person who is hasood, a person who is constantly envious and jealous of others, is actually living quite a painful life, quite a painful existence. Because it hurts to constantly feel lesser. It hurts to constantly feel like that person shouldn't have that blessing. That negativity eats you up on the inside. And so that's the third negative part of hasad. And that's the meaning of Surah Al-Falaq. Now, let's look at Surah Al-Nas, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ In this this Surah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ I seek refuge, I seek Allah's protection, I want Allah to protect me. Who is He? قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ First He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The master of mankind, the master of man, or the Lord of man. Rabb not just means master, but also the nurturer, the reformer, the developer, the cultivator of man. The one who manages all his day-to-day affairs. That's the first way He describes Himself. Then He says, مَلِك Nas. I also seek refuge not just from the master of man, but also from the king of man. So this is Allah's ownership over all things. And then, thirdly, ilahin the god or the deity of the one man worships. Why did Allah ask us to seek His protection by naming Himself in three different ways: the master of man, the king of man, or of mankind, and then the the object of worship, or the the one man is the man, or human beings worship. Now here's the question, why did Allah Subhanahu wa Taala ask us to seek protection from him by naming himself or by describing himself in three different ways? The master of mankind, the king of mankind, and then the object of worship or the one that mankind worships. The reason is that these three names are in ascending order. So first of all, Rabb, a master or an owner. When someone says to you owner or a master, you think, well, there's loads of masters and owners in this world from human beings as well. So there's, there's a kind of, uh, that name can be given to Allah and can be co- used in a human context. The second one is Malik, King. Now that's a lot less common in human beings. There's not very many kings around. And that's a word ultimately used for Allah, the king of all kings. But it's one that, that's less used in human beings. And lastly, Ilah, one that is worshiped. Now that's not used for any human being at all and that's only used for Allah. So Allah uses descriptions of himself going from the lower to the higher description. This was mentioned by Ibn al rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on him, a scholar from the 8th century. Now coming to what Allah asks us to seek refuge from, what are we scared of? What does Allah need to protect us from? Allah says, min sharri waswas We ask Allah to protect us from the evil of the devilish whisperer, or from the whisperer that is constantly back and forth. Al-Waswas is is another name for shaitan or a description of Satan, of the devil, who kind of comes and whispers to us. He incites us. And what is khannas? khannas is al-mundafir al-muta'akhir. Someone who's kind of who runs away when we remember Allah. He's not stable. So that is the the meaning of al-khanas. Allah then describes the shaitan and what exactly he does. He whispers in the chest of man, or the chest of mankind, or humankind al-jinnati الْجِنَّةِ nas jinns and humans he, he whispers in the hearts of both jinns and humans now what is waswasa what is this whispering that the shaitan is able to do so the shaitan, the devil, the, the satan isn't able to control us but he is able to incite us to whisper to us to put thoughts into our minds and the shaitan, the way he begins is he starts by, by kind of inciting you to commit a sin to make a mistake, to disobey Allah if he's unable to do that he at least tries to make you a bit more lazy when it comes to doing good deeds if he's unable to do that then the good deeds that you are doing he'll try to make you show off while doing them and if he's unable to make you do that he makes you admire yourself wow i'm amazing i do all of this really good stuff so the shaitan if he can't get you in one thing he'll get you in another thing so just because you're doing good deeds don't be fooled that the shaitan hasn't got a grip of you yet so that's, that's his uh, kind of his strategy when it comes to whispering and inciting mankind. What is the solution for dealing with the shaitan's whispers? The first solution is dhikr, to remember Allah frequently. Whoever remembers Allah frequently, that is a protection for them against the shaitan and it gives them a mental fortitude against any inciting or any whispers, any inclinations and cravings that they may have. The second one is isti'adah, to ask Allah to protect you, to ask Allah to help you. Uh, with, against the shaytan and that's what these two surahs are for. Qul A'udhu and Qul A'udhu Nas are two surahs you can read for protection from the shaytan And lastly, to have a strong willpower and refuse to give in to his demands and his whispers and his inciting. Now, why was the Quran finished with these two surahs? Qul A'udhu B'Rabbil Falak and Qul A'udhu Nas. There are three possible reasons Ibn Juzayr mentions, the first is that the Quran is a blessing and so any blessing is a potential for people to feel envious over it and that's why Allah ends this, the Quran with a, a dua, a supplication, a request for protection. The second one is, is that the Prophet mentions that these two surahs are one of a kind. There's been no surah like them before in any previous scriptures. The Prophet ﷺ made the same description for Surah Al Fatiha. So the Quran starts with a one of a kind surah, Al Fatiha, and ends with two one of a kind surahs. The third possible reason is that we start reading the Quran with الرجيم, asking Allah to protect us from the shaitan, and we end the Quran with seeking Allah's protection from the shaitan in this surah, Surah Al So we start asking Allah's protection and we end asking Allah's protection so Allah protects us in the middle and that's three possible wisdoms and reasons behind the Quran ending with these two short surahs jazakumullahu khairan for being with me on this journey anything good i said is from Allah any mistake is from the shaitan and from my and from my and from the shaitan and from myself barakallahu fiqum wal afu minkum and until the next course assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh